So I'm going to ask that if you are a veteran, if you could remain standing, the rest of you, if you wouldn't mind, be seated. All the veterans, if you could stand up, please. Yeah, let's give them a hand, another hand. We so appreciate all of you who made sacrifices to serve this great nation. So thank you. We honor you all today. Uh, a couple other announcements before I get into today's message that I want you guys to be aware of. Obviously, you guys know Friendsgiving is this Saturday, and I just want to personally invite each and every one of you to come, to be here, to share, to fellowship together, to get to eat lots of good food and just hang out as a family. So I encourage you to be here. Uh, next thing is, is I just want you to know Pastor Brent Dodge from Revive Church will be here next Sunday. He'll be giving the message. He's going to be talking about manna and our need to eat and be satisfied. So I am super excited about my brother in Christ coming to preach the Word of God. So I want to encourage all of you to be here to support him and give him a warm remnant welcome when he comes next week. So um, if you'll open your Bibles today to Mark chapter 1, verse 39 through 45. If you don't have a Bible, we've got them here on the bookshelf. You're welcome to borrow to my right, your left. You can follow along on the screen or your mobile device. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. And he, meaning Jesus, was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Verse 43, And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Thus saith the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just uh, invite you here. Lord God, I've been praying all week for a move of God unlike we've ever seen today because of your Holy Spirit. So we invite your presence here, moving our hearts, moving our minds. Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So let's begin by diving into verse 40 of our text today. Now a leper came to him imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, before we start to break down this text together, let's talk about what a leper is. A leper was a person who suffered from a skin disease. In Bible times, it was considered a very serious condition. Leviticus chapter 13 prescribes very specific instructions for any type of skin disease. If it was suspected that you had some sort of skin condition, you were required to go to the priest for examination. And if the priest confirmed that you were in infected with leprosy, then you were required to wear torn clothes, you had to have your head uncovered, your hair had to be uncombed, and as long as you had this condition, you were required to live outside the camp. And if you ever encountered people, you were required to cover your mouth and call out, Unclean! unclean every time you encountered somebody now 
This disease was bad enough, but to live in that kind of humiliation and in that kind of isolation, even away from your own family, had to have been the worst part. Among all the things that could defile a person and make them unclean, according to the old Jewish laws, leprosy was second only to a dead body in terms of how serious it was. A leper could not come within six feet of any person, even his own family. Leprosy was so awful that if the wind was blowing, you couldn't come within 150 feet of anyone. So you lived a very painful and lonely life until you either healed or you died. And we know from Luke chapter 5, verse 12, that this leper's condition was very serious. Luke records that his body was full of leprosy, meaning it had spread all over his body and he was literally wasting away. It was an absolutely horrible condition to be in. But we know from our text that this leper was determined to come to Jesus. There was no doubt about what this man believed. He came to Jesus, got down on his knees, and the first word that came out of his mouth, according to Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, was Lord. Now, this is why it is so important for us to search the word of God, because this detail of the leper crying out, Lord, is not recorded in Mark, is it? You don't see it up on the screen. Nor is the detail about his body being full of leprosy. That's not in Mark either. I had to go to the Gospels of Luke and Matthew to get those details. We have to study the word of God. And when we do, it opens up so much truth for us because the word of God is alive. It is active. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It lays open our heart and reveals truth right into it. You see, this leper, he knew exactly who Jesus was. So both his word and his getting on his knees showed his level of faith. And also notice that he was in a posture of worship before the Lord did anything about his situation. If you're taking notes, that's your first blank in your handout. Before. Before Jesus touched him, before Jesus healed him, he did not wait to worship Jesus until he was touched or until his plea was answered, did he? But sadly, many of us don't act like that. No, we wait to worship Jesus until after he has blessed us. Jesus is worthy of our worship regardless if we get what we want. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So we need to worship him today, no matter what's going on in our lives. We worship him even in the waiting. And I know some of you are waiting. Some of you are waiting for breakthroughs in your life right now. We worship him anyway. Now, this leper was in a desperate, desperate place. And he was determined that the only way out was to come to the Lord. And praise the Lord that he did not wait to get better before coming to Jesus. Because had he waited, he could have died without ever seeing Jesus. No, he came to Jesus in all of his pain, in all of his loneliness, in all of his sickness, and in all of his desperation. He boldly came exactly as he was. There was no hiding his condition. I wonder... I wonder how many people are holding out on coming to Jesus today because our enemy is so good at keeping us from coming to Jesus. Oh, he whispers all kinds of things in our minds and in our ears, doesn't he? Oh, you're worthless. You could never come to him for that. 
what you did was so terrible and so awful, God would never accept you. And that's the 10th time you've done it anyway. Why would he accept you? You see, those are the lies that the enemy whispers in our ears. So I wonder how many people are holding out for one reason or another on coming to Jesus today. Maybe it's their pride. Maybe it's pride keeping them from seeking help. Perhaps it's stubbornness keeping them from realizing they cannot fix their situation on their own. Or perhaps it's the enemy masking the truth by providing all kinds of substitutes for self-soothing of the pain. And there are plenty of cheap substitutes in this world to self-soothe with, aren't there? But nothing can heal. Nothing can restore. Nothing can soothe. Nothing can overcome. And nothing can bring true joy like Jesus. He is the answer. You name the problem, He is the answer. Jesus can not only feel your pain, He can fix it. So the first thing that we've got to realize is that we must come to Jesus. We come as we are in all of our ugliness, in all of our brokenness, in all of our sin. We don't delay. We don't hold out to think that we've got to wait till we're good enough to come to Him. That is a lie. No, we need to come to Jesus without any hesitation at all. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says we are to come to Him. Here's what He says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this verse does not mean that we come to Jesus and life is now suddenly easy and everything's going to work out perfectly, is it? Anyone had that experience? Because if you had, I'd love to meet you. (laughs) This verse doesn't mean that we come to Jesus and everything just works out perfectly. You see, a yoke was what was used to connect two oxen together. Think of oxen as giant cattle. That's good enough for now. Just think of that. And so they each could carry the load. It was like this wooden harness that fit on both the necks of these two oxen. And so there was still work to be done. And it was often hard work, but the yoke was there so that these oxen would pull what? In the same direction, each of them carrying the load. And that is what Jesus meant by taking his yoke upon us. He will help us and will never let us have to carry that load alone. But we have to come to him, just as his word says. But sadly, we often come to so many other things instead. We come to our own thinking. We come to our friends. We come to our family. We come to our addictions. We come to our entertainment. We come to whatever will help us to feel better. But nothing will ever, ever satisfy like Jesus. We have got to come to Him. There is no rest anywhere else like we find in Jesus. There is no hope anywhere else like we find in Jesus. There is no fulfillment anywhere else like we find in Jesus. And this leper understood this. His faith would not be deterred. Where's Sean at? Sean, are you in here today? No? I I can tell that there's wheels on this now. (laughs) It moves on me. (laughs) I got to get used to that. Sean put wheels on this last week so that we could move this out of the way easily. So I'm used to it being fixed, and it's kind of moving around. That's funny. 
Anyway, the law said, right, that this leper could not come because he was not permitted to have contact with anyone. He was unclean. But his faith would not let him be deterred. He was an outcast. He was someone everyone was afraid of. He wouldn't dare come near him. No one would accept him. No one would even touch him. But he comes to Jesus anyway, and he cries out, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Do you hear the faith in that statement? You can make me clean. In other words, he knew the Lord was able. There was no doubt in his mind that Jesus had the power of God to do anything. So not only did this leper come worshiping Jesus, he also came believing Jesus. We must come to Jesus, worshiping him and believing him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Are you sincerely seeking him? Are you doing this by faith? That's what this leper did. He absolutely believed Jesus could make him clean. His only question was, Lord, are you willing? I know you were able, but are you willing? And look how Jesus responds. He says this in verse 41. He says, I am willing. What do you need today? Do you need hope? Do you need joy? Do you need healing? Do you need rest? Do you need help today? Do you just need more faith? Listen to me. Jesus is willing. He is willing to heal you. He is willing to forgive you. He is willing to strengthen you. He is willing to encourage you. He's willing to bless you. He's willing to love and care for you. He is willing to lead and guide you today. But the real question for all of us is, are we willing to let him? Are we willing to call on his name? Are we willing to come to him? Because if we want Jesus to be willing to do anything for us, we must be willing to come to him and to keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says this. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We can come boldly to God in prayer anytime and anywhere because of Jesus. And when we do, we have at the promise of God right here in this scripture, don't we? That we will receive mercy and grace whenever we need it most. So, do you need mercy and grace today? What is your need today? Come boldly to the throne of grace so that our Father in heaven can meet whatever need you have. Come to him and keep coming to him as you wait on him to answer. I know waiting is hard, but waiting on him is always, always worth it. So don't ever give up. 
keep coming to him as long as it takes. Now, I want to back up just a bit and look at what motivated Jesus when this leper came to him pleading to make him clean. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. Immediately after the leper cried out to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then comes this in Mark chapter 1, verse 41. Here it is. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Now, I want us all to understand how significant this moment was. Anyone who touched a leper would become ceremonially unclean. It was a big, big deal. No one would dare do such a thing. Lepers were a stinky, bloody mess. They were considered the walking dead. Yet Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him anyway. What does this tell us about Jesus? It tells us that no matter how stinky and nasty we are in our sin, Jesus is willing to touch us. If you've committed adultery, Jesus is willing to touch you. If you're wasting your precious life on alcohol and drugs, Jesus is willing to touch you. If you're addicted to pornography, Jesus is willing to touch you. If you've been lying, cheating, or stealing, Jesus is willing to touch you. If you've abused your spouse or you've abused your kids, Jesus is willing to touch you. If you're sick and can't seem to get well, Jesus is willing to touch you. If you've been gossiping or tearing people down with your tongue, Jesus is willing to touch you. You name the offense, you name the addiction, the hurt, the sin, Jesus is willing to touch you. Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched this leper. I can only imagine what this leper must have felt. It was probably the first time that he had enjoyed someone's touch in a very, very long time. He had been all alone and probably so discouraged and so depressed. And Jesus was his only hope. So he came to him in all of his filth, ready to be made clean. And Jesus was moved with compassion, which meant he was moved to his core. To be moved with compassion, it literally means to feel your insides, your guts churn for someone else, so much so that you do something about it. It's very different from sympathy or empathy because that involves just feeling what someone else feels. But to have compassion is to be moved so deeply that we not only feel what they feel, we are moved so severely that we actually get up and do something about it. Because compassion is feeling plus action working together to help someone in need. It's when we feel the pain of others and then we take action to help them relieve their pain. Jesus had compassion on those who didn't expect it, on those who didn't deserve it, and on those who would never return it. And so when we show compassion, we show Jesus. Amen. Over and over again in the New Testament, we see Jesus being moved with compassion. He was full of compassion. I could give example after example of Jesus showing compassion, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to mention a few of them. Remember how Jesus responded when his friend Lazarus died? What did he do? He wept, didn't he? He wept. And after he wept, 
with all those who were mourning, identifying with their pain. He raised Lazarus from the dead because that's what compassion does. It feels and then it acts to help someone in need. When there were thousands of people following Jesus and they were hungry and tired, what did he do? The word says he was moved with compassion. And so he first identified with what they were feeling and then he fed them. He fed all of them by multiplying the fish and the loaves. He did that twice that we know of with the 5,000 and with the 4,000. When, when he saw the sick, he had compassion on them and he took action by healing them because compassion is feeling plus action working together to help someone in need. And then we come to the greatest act of compassion the world has ever seen. Jesus saw all of us in our desperate condition of being lost and dead in our sins. And so he took our place by dying a brutal death on the cross for our sins, making a way for us to be saved when there was no other way because Jesus is compassion. He is compassion. Now let me stop right here for a minute and turn this whole story that we've been studying together about this leper right on its head. This story really isn't about physical healing. It's all about spiritual healing. You see, the miracles like Jesus did here in healing that leper were never intended for our focus or our attention. These miracles were simply to authenticate the message that Jesus taught. He came to preach about the kingdom of God and the need for all of us to repent and believe. The miracles were never the main event. The miracles all point to his message, the gospel of the kingdom of God. The only way for any of us to enter this kingdom is by believing in the good news of Jesus Christ and being born again. Faith in Jesus is what brings us into this kingdom. Without the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, there would be no good news, and we would all be dead in our sins, destined to spend eternal punishment in hell forever. But God. But God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, the leprosy in this story is really just a picture of sin. Leprosy goes much deeper than the surface of our skin. It causes deep infection within the flesh and it spreads all throughout the body. It's an awful condition that cuts a person off from society. And you see, sin is the same way. It infects our heart, it infects our mind, and ultimately it infects our actions. Sin, left unchecked, will dominate and destroy our lives, causing us to rot spiritually and to be cut off from the kingdom of God. It is a serious condition, and there's only one cure, Jesus. And here's the incredible, amazing, and blessed hope we have in Jesus. He is not willing that any of us should perish. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Thank God for his patience and long-suffering toward us. Amen? Amen? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His will is for all of us to come to repentance. 
Repentance is what leads us to the cure for sin. So when we repent and we turn to Jesus, we know he is willing to make us clean. We know it. How do we know this? How do we know that he's willing to make us clean? Because his word tells us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to do what? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There it is. He is willing to cleanse us from all sin. Now, let me camp on this just a minute. It says, all unrighteousness. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how much sin you've been in, how much addiction you've been in, how awful the sin is. It says all unrighteousness. Not some of it. We could sit here and name all the things and talk about how bad and heinous they are. The word of God cleanses us from all unrighteousness. This is good. Do you need to be made clean today? That's the question. Do you need to be made clean today? This is how we do it right here. We come to Jesus. We repent by changing our mind about our sin. When we confess these sins to Jesus, we know he is willing to do it. He's willing to heal us. So do we ever have to ask, is he willing? No. We should never have to ask that. Of course he's willing. His word promises us forgiveness. He is moved with compassion. Don't ever let the enemy beat you up over what you've done or make you feel so awful and disgusting as if you could never come to Jesus. Listen to me. That is a lie. No matter how many times you feel it, no matter how many times you hear it, it is still a lie. Because the word of God says exactly the opposite. If we would just believe the words that are written right here in this book, The enemy is so good at masking this right here. This is the truth. And this truth sets you free. Stop living according to the world. Start living according to his word. That wasn't even in my notes. (laughs) Good night. You can come as you are by faith and through repentance and the confession of your sins, you will be forgiven and cleansed of all unrighteousness. Listen to me, this is not a one-time event. You don't raise your hand, say the sinner's prayer, and you're good. You don't walk down the aisle, do it one time, and you're good. It is a lifelong commitment. We come to Jesus, and we keep coming to him for everything, for every need we have. So what is your need for him today? What is stopping you from coming to him? Listen, Stop trying to solve whatever it is you're dealing with with yourself. Stop it. Stop trying to do that. You will never be able to solve it on your own. Oh, you can try, and many people do. They run themselves ragged, or they worry themselves to death trying to solve their problems on their own, and that is exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants us to come to anything and everything except Jesus. That's how the enemy works. Come to Jesus. That's what this leper did because he knew Jesus was his only hope. And Jesus is our only hope too. He is. I'm waiting for more amens. Jesus is our only hope too. There we go. 
So when this leper went to his knees in desperation and he cried out to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, can you, you can make me clean. Jesus responds immediately. I am willing, be cleansed. And then in verse 42 records that immediately after Jesus said those words, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And that is what Jesus can do for you. He can forgive and remove all sin in your life immediately. He can remove all shame, all hurt, all fear, all worry instantly. Stop your resisting, child of God. Stop your worrying and stop your fearing. Come to Jesus. He is able and he is willing. And his mercy and his grace are waiting for you. Are you willing to let him help you? Come to Jesus. Now, after Jesus healed the leper, he gave him a very strong warning, which was actually a command. Mark records this in chapter 1, beginning in verse 43. He says, And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest, and offer your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, there's a lot that can be unpacked here, but I have got to keep moving this morning. I've got to, I got to keep going. So let me just say that Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. And this verse proves that because there was very specific instructions in Leviticus chapter 14 on what a leper had to do before the priest to be cleansed. And by following these instructions, it would be a testimony to them, meaning the Levitical priests who would perform the ceremony according to the law to make the, the leper clean. And this testimony reminds all of us that the very purpose of the law is simply to point us to Jesus. That is the purpose of the law. Point us to Jesus. Now, it's verse 45 that I want us to camp on for just a few minutes. Verse 45. Here it is. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Now, we could easily sit here together and rationalize all the reasons why that this leper would go and spread the news of what just happened about his healing. We could. How in the world could you ever keep something like this secret? And why in the world would Jesus ask you to do that? Hmm. And you and I do this all the time in our lives. We rationalize and we make excuses for what? For our disobedience. And that's exactly what this is here. It's disobedience. It doesn't matter the questions we ask. It doesn't matter what our understanding is. Jesus gave a command. Say nothing to anyone. And yet this leper did exactly the opposite. Now, I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon's considered the prince of preachers. Here's what he says. <clears throat> he says, quote, but we must never make excuses for doing what Christ tells us not to do. Our duty is not to judge whether such and such a course will be profitable or beneficial, but to consider whether such and such a course is in accordance with the word of God. This man ought to have held his tongue, for Christ had told him to do so. I have no doubt that he said within himself, the more I talk about this miracle, the more good I shall do, and the more famous Christ's name will become. But he had no business to think that. His business was to obey Christ's command. Amen. That is a lesson for all of us. 
we must obey Christ's command. We don't lean on our own understanding. We just need to trust, and then we need to obey. Trust, obey. Listen, following Jesus is not a Burger King kind of faith where we have it our way. No, following Jesus means it's all about having his way. Now, let me make one more observation from this text by sharing a quote from Dr. Vernon McGee, who was a pastor and radio Bible teacher. Here's what he said. This is so good, I'm putting it on the screen. Quote, the Lord told him not to tell anybody, and he told everybody. He tells us to tell everybody, and we tell nobody. Ouch. You know, that is sadly true of many Christians today. We have a command to go out and preach the gospel. How many of us are doing that? Amen. We've got to do that. We've got to share who Jesus is. This world is dark and it is dying, and there's people going to hell. It's urgent, like urgent, emergency. We need to be sharing. Now, I said one more observation just a minute ago, but I actually have one more. Because the word of God is so, so good. All you got to do is sit there and read it and ask some questions. Here's one. Did you notice what happened because of this man's disobedience? Did you notice what happened in the text because of this leper disobeying? Look at this. It caused Jesus to no longer be able to enter the city. He had to stay outside in the deserted places from here on out. And that was exactly where this leper was, right? The leper had to stay outside the city until he was cleansed. So what just happened? Jesus exchanged places with the leper. Whew, that is good. Jesus was, is, he's now the outcast, Right? The lepers now allowed inside the city. You see, this is just yet another preview of what Jesus would do for you and I by going to the cross. He exchanged places with you and I. He took on our sin. His body was broken for us. His blood was poured out for us. He paid the penalty for our sins. He gave us a way to be free from sin and spiritual death, a way that would guarantee us the ability to spend eternity with him forever amen i like it when you guys participate that's good stuff (laughs) but to receive this we have to come to him by faith and when we do come we better be prepared to do what he says and we already know what he says because it's all right here in the word of god isn't it he loves us And he loves us so much that he died for us. He was buried for us. And he rose up out of that grave for us. That is true love. But this love is not a license for you and I to do whatever we want or whatever we feel like doing. Love, his love, is not a license. We don't come to Jesus and stay the same. It's impossible. It's impossible. He can make us brand new. He is able and he is willing. He is full of compassion and he longs for us to come to him, to depend on him, to worship him and to glorify him. He is willing. But the real question today is, are we? Amen. You knew what I was going to say, did you? (laughs) So will you come to Jesus? Will you come? Now I'm going to play this song And all I want you to do is, Jen, I'd love for you to hit the lights and us just to spend time marinating in what God just told us. 
and I want to watch what happens and just allow the Holy Spirit to move, okay? And so as this song is played, I'm going to ask some of you to come forward, Janice, Bill, maybe David, Janet, others, if you want to come forward, anyone else that needs prayer, because you're prompted by the Holy Spirit to come to him, this would be the time to do it.
Father, we love you. You are such a glorious, glorious king. We worship you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for victory today. And those people that have made a determination in their mind that they're not living for them anymore, they're living for you, and they come, they're coming to you. And so we thank you for that, Lord. I pray that before we leave this room today that every stronghold is broken in people's lives today. Anything that's holding them back for living a life that honors you, that's walking out their faith according to you. May it all be broken off in Jesus' mighty name. Lord God, help us to live in victory by the truth of your word, to be children of God that walk out our faith and to stop allowing the enemy to wreak havoc in our lives. Lord, from this day forward, we declare war against him and all of his minions. And we know that we have victory over him because of what you've done. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And so if you're here and still you want to have prayer, we'll be up here. You're welcome to come forward. For the rest of you, God bless you. Have a great week.